welcome, my lords, to the White City, where you will learn more about Middle-earth and discover differences and similarities between the Rings of Power show and Tolkien's books, and whether Amazon's show, episode by episode, is worth watching. I'm Philip Dutt, your host, and I'll be joined by Mark Schaefer. I hope you enjoy Welcome back, everybody, to have uh, watched our previous uh, ep- episodes or listened to them. And to anybody who's new to the podcast, um, we've basically been talking about themes, um, worldview related between the Rings of Power and um, Tolkien's books on Middle Earth. Um, today, we're doing something a little different than what we've done in the past. We are um, going to be talking a little bit more on the popularity of the show and why for different for various reasons not just necessarily a Tolkien related but um also quality of the show and how you know maybe why people want to be watching it as much anyway i guess like to i'd like to give a little bit of a background to some of the things that have happened with the show ever since the release so first off you know amazon won the rights from the Tolkien estate to do a Lord of the Rings um, uh, show. And after that, also, Jeff Bezos, who was the CEO at that time, was trying to go for a show that could get, compete with Game of Thrones. And for a lot of people, that was just kind of like a, you know, a, a red flag about sex and nudity. And also a lot of Tolkien fans, you know, got up in arms and like, process it a lot of petitions were actually created and so yeah that became a pretty big thing i created a petition also over the years though it did until like basically i'd say it's like six months before the show came out it became pretty clear that the sex and nudity wasn't going to appear and um everyone was you know i guess a little at rest about that and it was something also the producers assured people of, so uh, they were good on their word on that. Uh, I think something that was pretty, in a way, significant is there was this... So the trailer came out time of the Super Bowl of last year, so that would have been in 2022, I guess. And there was this group that Amazon put together to watch the show. They called them the Super Fans. If you go back and watch that uh the super van video or check out any of the comments that people have given on that group basically it didn't it wasn't as if amazon put together that group to really portray what they were trying to do with the show very well um in terms of like trying to make it like true to tolkien they were basically seeming like okay so they have these super fans out here um kind of seems like they're kind of going for a woke agenda in a way because some of them seem to be like from a LGBTQ group of some sort in a lot of ways. So the, and what they were talking about, like, like they're asked like some questions simply about like, uh, like who is Sauron or basic questions like that, that they kind of gave more of like a joking answer than actually being like serious about like, oh, like this is, you know, yeah, we actually know, like, the Middle-Earth story pretty well. Um, 
So it, didn't, it seemed more like they were, were like, oh yeah, we're here to like kind of give a give a representation for anything that's woke, but um, if it, like the things about Tolkien don't necessarily matter so much as long as we're getting the woke message across. Um, so I think for a lot of people that was a big like red flag. Um, to probably a lot of fans, it was a bigger red flag than the whole sex and nudity thing, actually. Because for the way I see it, it changes the world view of how you approach Lord of the Rings in a lot of ways. So, um, so then just like going into the show, I was kind of surprised that a lot of these things weren't as upfront. Um, you mean you have Galadriel as a female kind of kick butt leader who is going out there showing everybody that she can like do it all and like you're going to be like following her you know um and i mean yes they have you know like black people playing different roles but that wasn't like so sticking out to me as it would to some other fans though who are really you know thinking about the medieval era of you know lord of the rings and how that was you know tied to a lot of like Tolkien's reasons for like, you know, writing off of like Norse mythology and whatnot, and so Caucasians would work better instead of Black people for those uh, characters. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I guess I didn't think about how how much like Amazon really focus on everything else until like really seeing how like the way the direction they were taking things could be alienating Middle Earth fans in a lot of ways. So, so they came out with the stat that 37% of the viewers of the Rings of Power show did not finish the first season. So I thought, oh, this would be interesting to see basically how, like, is that 30% like mixed with people who are fans and who like really aren't big fans, or is that just... You know, oh, it's like, oh, well, there are a ton of people out there who aren't fans, so they might have watched some of it, but they didn't finish it. So, um, so I was like curious with that and trying to figure out some more about how, how at least, uh, fans, um, if they thought the show was worth watching. Um, so just based off of that stat, trying, I tried to figure out through a poll whether people liked the show for reasons of, you know, you know, rewatching episodes or wanting to watch the second season or or even recommending it to a friend. And I have just like three different options of yes, basically I did like it, I would recommend it to a friend, or no, I wouldn't. I didn't like it. Or um the third option was I didn't watch it because I didn't think it was worth my time. Um well it's interesting in this in the poll as I'm still still like collecting data on it, so this isn't finalized. Um, so out of like 81 respondents, there were 52% who said that, yes, they would recommend it, you know, slash they liked it. Um, and then there were like probably about 30 or so percent saying they, um, they would not recommend it and, or they didn't like it. Um, and then another like 10 or so percent saying that they didn't watch it at all because it wasn't worth watching. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Mark, when you're... I think that we talked about like at the end of the uh, first season, the grade we'd give it basically like you know A B whatever it was. Um, so I know for like for me, I gave it a I gave it a B plus at first, 
later on I thought about it more. I'm like, yeah, I'd probably give it like a a B, a B rating just at that. Um, but would you say that like the woke was there like a woke message in the show that that affected your rating of the Rings of Power? Um, or was it not until like oh now hearing more about like things that have been happening in the background do I like see that Amazon's more trying to push more of a woke kind of marketing agenda? Yeah, I feel like it's hard for me because I think what what are what is or is not woke can be sort of you know up to different people's definitions. Um, I think the portrayal of Galadriel as very much a strong female martial arts character who seemed to very to have a lot of very masculine traits, which feel very absent in the books. Um, that definitely lowered my rating of the show. Um, and if that you consider that to be woke, then I think that's like a f- fair assessment that like, yeah, the woke, el- woke element of the show um, lowered my rating. I think honestly, though, like, um, and we've been having this discussion of like, it feels like maybe they struggle to just tell a good story, right? Using Tolkien's work. Um, maybe it wasn't just about some specific elements. But maybe it's just like the show wasn't, that good in general and not because it was trying to push some agenda but like because it just didn't tell as great a story as the books do um but yeah that's definitely something that i guess thinking back about how like why wouldn't this show have been like an a level show you know i think a lot of people may have like kind of like wondered about that you know in a lot of ways especially if they didn't see a lot of these cast interviews um, where, you know, the girl who plays Disa, like, they're mm-hmm. asking her, hey, how do you feel, like, about, you know, being the first, like, black female dwarf? Um, you know, and that being kind of, like, the big question they're asking instead of it being any question on, like, trying to, like, make a character that's, you know, t- Lord of the Rings, you know, Tolkien-related or uh, something like that. So, anyways, so it kind of, like, seemed more clear to me looking back on it now, saying, okay, like, only 37% of the people finished this. Um, They seem to be making, you know, trying to push a woke marketing agenda, you know, and maybe that was more of their focus than trying to create a show that was true to Tolkien. Um, And another thing that, also got on my mind about this as well is that there's also a certain point where if there is a woke agenda like how much is that going to clash with Tolkien's Christian perspective on things and how much are they not going to be as closely tied to it as maybe they you people would have liked to see yeah those are I think really good questions and I think that's right. I think it's important to say, like, the problem with the show wasn't that they, like, focused on, like, hey, we were the first black dwarf or the first black elf um, or anything like that. The problem was, that, like, they focused on that. It seems like over trying to tell a good story. Um, and if you think about this story, I think, like, the real things that bothered me were, like, well, Gladio's portrayal, but, like, also not having Sauron coming until the end, having him be, like, a surprise villain. The whole thing with like Mithril being destroyed in the elves, right? Like these are things that are just like, oh, we're just like throwing this in. We're like 
making up as we go along. And so that was, I think, the story was the real problem of the show. And, and if, if wokeness is the problem, it's because it drew more focus than other parts of the story should have. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard for me because I, I, this definition of like wokeness is like sort of a tricky one. But I think they're definitely like Tolkien's stories are timeless. You know, he based a lot of his stories off of even older like myths. And there's this like classic feel to Tolkien's like original works. There's just this timeless element that you feel like, hey, this story could have been told a thousand years ago. It could be told a thousand years in the future, and it would still be a great story that everyone would enjoy. It just has these timeless themes of like friendship and, you know, this like evil force and good is in the world. And it just it, there's something about the world that it captures in it, um, some deep truths. I think that The Rings of Power feels like a very modern show and seems to get a lot of, away from a lot of the themes of Tolkien. Um, and especially, I think, like, the character of Galadriel, but also Halbrand, where there's a lot of this internal struggle of, am I good or am I bad? Um, and just a lot of sort of confusion of the lines, where, like, Adar is, like, um, you know, he's, like, he's bad in some respects, but, you know, he's really loyal to his orc brethren, and he also hates Sauron. Um, yeah, I guess there's just a lot of things in this show that seemed like it was very much a, like, oh, this is a product of our time, and, like, you know, um, late or early 21st century. And like this, this is like clearly like dated, right? Like it's, it's got like a stamp on it of like a lot of the ideas that are running around. And yeah, I, I guess like that, that was sort of like, oh, this is something that feels very not like Tolkien stories because Tolkien stories are sort of that timeless and classic feel to them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And going off of that, so it's it's kind of in a way that they're trying to express something in in the show in a way that like about like what we're talking about or dealing with today and something that a lot of people are i mean i think it's probably it's probably big in media and hollywood for to advocate for a woke storytelling of some sort um, because that they think that's what's going to get attention. So to have like a fantasy set, you know, storyline that's, you know, in some way supposed to be like, you know, at least just like years and years and years, you know, before like before us and completely and just set in, set in a different time, different place, you know. Um, so try to use things from our experiences entirely in a way um, over um, just that storytelling itself, I think is going to make it a, it's going to be a tough sell, I guess, to fit yeah. those two things together. I think also, and this is maybe the biggest thing that I sort of picked up on whenever I was watching the show, I picked up on it like right away. And like, it's something that um, conflicts very much with the Tolkien story. And if you want to call this woke, but it's certainly like very modern, but it talked about like, this is like pretty controversial, obviously, but like the way the different races in Middle Earth relate to each other in the show is very different than in Tolkien's stories. Um, particularly, you know, there's lots of these lines of uh, you think of the Southlands where the elves are sort of, you know, domineering in some senses over the, the Southlands. And, you know, they've had this really bad past history because these people served, you know, Morgoth and Sauron. Um, and there's this big, like, uh, discussion between you know the the elf captain and and uh what's the elf's name Rondir um 
as well about like right why do we why do we hate them we hate them because of who they are and stuff and also galadriel and you know how there's this big fear of her as an elf but also she's not recognized as an elf and she just covers her ears so this idea that like the races are the same except for their past histories um and some conflicts that have happened in the past and obviously that translates very easily to our own world and you know a lot of um sort of maybe race consciousness or identity politics and stuff like that of like what has happened in the past and how is it affecting us today but it's really clear in Tolkien's stories that there's a lot more going on there between the different races that dwarves elves and men are all very different kinds of beings um that elves and dwarves have some magic to them that men also have their own qualities and that whenever there's friendships or relationships across these like racial boundaries they're not just overcoming past hatred past hatreds or conflicts and stuff like that but also something that's very real and tangible about their own natures um i think that was like something that just stood out as like a really interesting thing especially because if you watch some of the interviews with the the creators behind the show they talk about oh like tolkien's main driving theme is like friendship among people of different races or, or whatever cross cross-racial or cross-cultural relationships um and they clearly very pushed that very hard in the show you think of you know, the Southlands are Rondir um, and uh, Bronwyn. And then, you know, you have Durin and Elrond. And you also have Galadriel and Halbrand and Galadriel and Elendil as well. And and so I think it's like, oh, but they pushed it in a very different kind of way than, than Tolkien talks about. Um, and all that Tolkien's, like, work doesn't include, like, this idea of, like, overcoming uh, past hatreds. But it's also, like, this deeper concept that I think they really miss out on in the show. So I was going to ask, do you think that you said that we've talked a lot of this like 37% number, right? 37% of people finish the show. And I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Like, do you think that this was mostly like that 37%? Do you think they're mostly fans of Tolkien's works previously? And then they started watching the show and they committed to finishing it. Or do you think that's like a lot of people who didn't enjoy, like have never enjoyed Tolkien's work. And they're just like watching a show for the first time. And that's sort of my question, because I think it's really interesting, like, I think we've talked a lot on the show, but, like, do the themes of Tolkien's books match up with the themes of the show? Um, and if the answer to that is, like, no, then you think a lot of fans would have been turned off. But if, like, the answer is, like, oh, they, like, um, they have, then you think there would be a lot of fans. But I think especially, like, if, if you were to argue, like, hey, we weren't faithful to the books because we wanted to make this available to a wider audience if they failed to make it available to wider audience by making a show that just isn't that good, then like they didn't also accomplish their goal of like, right. Um, it made, uh, changing the books sort of pointless in some respects. I mean, obviously it's kind of tough to know unless you like would like take another poll and just say, Hey, did you watch like just try to focus in on fans who are, you know, Tolkien fans, Lord of the Rings fans, not any other fan. Um, really, and ask them, like, did you watch all of the f- first season or not? I mean, that's where you would start, I think, because it's because it's tough to know. Like, one thing I'd say, because this is something else I got, like, you know, just thinking about like other shows that you think of people like, oh, I binge watched this show in like two days, and it's like, okay, like I I can think of shows like isn't a show called Night Agent. It's like, like, like eight episodes or something like that. I just recently came out from. I think it was Amazon actually that came out with it. Um, 
like very like interesting captivating and like i was like see the first episode i'm like man i, I want to go back and watch the next one you know um and the same thing for like uh the new like jack reacher's show that came out i think that's very captivating and exciting to people as well um and uh also like taking off what i heard somebody else say is that you know it's it is a it's a different kind of like storytelling in a way. Like it's so easy to tell stories about, you know, white guy with gun, you know, go out and you know, just kick butt and like win the day and you know, good guys and bad guys kind of a thing. Everybody's like, uh, oh, this is fun to watch. Um so I think I so that just reaches a big audience automatically in a way. And then I think Lord having a Lord of the Rings show, like I don't know how I like picked up that I thought that Amazon was going to just give this to like a very broad audience and they weren't necessarily focusing on Lord of the Rings fans. That's kind of like why I started the podcast. It's because like, I was thinking, well, people who are going to watch the show, I'm thinking aren't really going to be fans. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So like they're probably going to want to learn more about Middle Earth. And hey, I can give you a podcast that isn't necessarily going to bore you to death, but we can still talk about things that are going to be related between the two. And you're going to want to like learn, you're going to be learning more, not just about like, Oh, like this, this is wrong compared to what they did in the books, but also just like the idea of like, what are the themes and like the worldview that would be driving the show, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it does. So like looking back on it, I was like, yeah, woke this seem to be driving the show, you know? I guess the thing is, is though, is like you title it Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and like, and you kind of look for a general audience. I'm like, that's not really going to work. There are people who, who like are Lord of the Rings fans who are going to watch this. And, you know, there might be some fan that's like, I got to see what this is like at least, you know? So he watches it the whole way through, like you're you know, saying earlier, and he might not even, like, like it, but he's, like, as a fan, he's, like, I have to see how this is, like, gonna play out. I mean, there could be fans also who just go to watch it and think, you know, like, maybe it's, like, too slow, or maybe it's just, like, you know, whatever it is, but I think that, I think the bigger thing is that, for me, if I was watching it on my own without others, like, just how slow it started out and that it wasn't captivating. I'm just thinking about shows today where it's like everybody like is watching a show that they want to like binge watch like immediately and, you know, be watching like, Oh, I, like the next yeah, when does it come out next? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be available to watch that. Or, you know what I mean? I, if, if somebody goes back to the rings of power now after it's out, maybe they haven't seen any of it. Are they gonna watch it and then like be like, "Oh man, let's Ben watch this thing"? I, I don't think they necessarily would be, but that's just, um, you know, from my perspective of you know watching it once a week and it kind of being slow. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that I think I have this like sneaking sneaking suspicion that like a lot of people who stuck out and watched the whole thing were like Lord of the Rings fans from either Peter Jackson's film trilogy or the books who are like, Hey, I, I, this might get good. There's a chance. Right. Or that they, they really love these characters. I think that a lot of those people were probably casual view, viewers who didn't actually like, 
um, who just weren't that invested in the show, right? And so they, they just uh, left the show. Um, I think the sort of scary part maybe for season two is that, you know, I don't think a lot of people who, I think a good number of that 37% who did finish the first season won't bother jumping on the second season at all. Um, right. And I think that's like, because a lot of fans, I think, were really disappointed with the, the series. Um, and it was interesting to read in one of the articles as well that like, the show creators were like, oh, you know, first season might have been a little bit slow, but we were setting up a lot of stuff. You know, second season will run a lot smoother. And my reaction, I was read that was like, they took the whole season to set up the making of the Rings of Power, which it seems like they did. They made at least the three Elven Rings, the most some of the most important ones. They like revealed Sauron, and they also like got Numenor in there. Like there was so much time, and they spent it all like they already paid off a lot of their setup um, in terms of you know revealing Sauron, the Rings of Power, stuff like that. That like. I don't know. I don't have like a lot of faith that the second season will be much better. Or that, uh, that there's like there's still plot lines that need resolved. I think they like besides Halbrand escaping and like maybe fighting Adar and Mordor. I don't think there's like a lot that needs resolved, right? Like, um, that's a good point. And so I think also for like that's also not looking super great for season two. Um, yeah, and if thinking about season two also in like some other terms that. I didn't like dig deep into like some of the interviews from the cast members and the producers until like recently. And those were like, those happened back around the time that the show is actually like coming out every week. Um, so figuring out more of their like kind of woke agenda um, with things, then I realized, okay, I was kind of anticipating, oh, maybe the producers will see that like there's not as like much of they didn't you know make as popular a show for the first season maybe they'll make it better for the second one um that was my original thought but now seeing that like you know if there's more of a woke agenda behind everything i don't really see them improving that storyline or storytelling because of it but yeah, I mean, it's hard because they've already, like they like I said, they've paid off a lot of stuff. But also, they, like, they very much set themselves in stone. Like, we know what Sauron is going to be like. Um, like, we have our characters sort of laid out and the way they're going to be. And so, like, even if they wanted to make big changes, they can't really. Um, yeah, hmm. I, think, I think it's hard. Um, and it's difficult for me because, like, I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about Woke or this or Woke that. But, like, right. yeah. They just, it I seems like you. they haven't told as good a story um, as they could have mm -hmm. with the material, right? Like Tolkien's works are some of the best and they've made big changes and those changes did not pay off. Um, I, I think it's interesting because like um, I was listening to another author who's talking about how he wanted his works adapted to film. And he was saying that like, oh, I always like I want them to feel free to adapt a lot of stuff because, you know, filmmaking is very different than book writing. And that was really interesting to me because I've always felt that like anytime I watched a work that my problem with it has always been that it's adapted too much rather than it's adapted too little. Um, that like, hey, if they had stuck closer to the original story uh, for Rings of Power, then maybe I would be like, hey, like you stuck with it too closely and like it's that it doesn't look great on the screen or something. But um, the fact that they've adapted so much, they sort of don't have a leg to fall on in terms of like, hey, we were sort of hampered by our original source material. Like, 
you really took a lot of liberties. So it's sort of your own fault for where you ended up, right? I guess is what I'm saying. No, yeah, that's a, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, I haven't really thought about it much in terms of uh, like how much they've already focused on so far, and because kind of like a good cliffhanger would have been almost to hey, this you know to almost like kind of give a revealing of Sauron, but not you know at the end of the show at the end of right. the season, and then that would leave people a little more like oh. Oh man, then I gotta watch the watch the second season now. Cause now it's like, all right, uh, you know, measure saying like, what do we expect? Like, what are we trying to like expect to happen now? Um, the forging yeah. of the One Ring is the one, right? But like, the whole show built up to like this really short scene at the end about forging the rings of power, right? And it was just like really quick. Um, so there's not like this like, oh, they're like building a slow build up. And there's not like a overarching story other than like maybe Sauron is going to be where we know Sauron's going to fight people, but that's like sort of it, right? There's not like, I don't know. I thought they'd drag out the making of the rings a lot longer um, and a lot of other storylines a lot longer, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're, they very much rush things at the end of season one. Yeah. I mean, they can, it's not like they've made all of them yet. So no. Yeah. But is... it's, it's interesting because the most powerful ones are the elven rings aside from the one ring. And so it's like, right will we even get to see the other ones made? Will they just be made off screen? Like, right. Like Mm. I don't think it will really carry the drama to have the seven rings and the nine rings made as well. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Cause I mean, they've, they still have a lot to go off of, right? Because they can make the rings for the men and then for the dwarves and, um, and how how everybody ends up with their ring specifically is important as yeah. well, right? But. And it's interesting in that, in that sense too, as though the way they ended it, that people who were watching would already know. Okay, well, we know there are more rings to be forged, so <laughs> let's uh, let's get ready for season two. Um, but yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how much hype the show gets around season two and, and if a lot of people do come back to the show. Maybe I'm wrong. Thanks for visiting the White City. Before you leave, please subscribe to our podcast and check us out at thewhitecitypodcast.com. Consider supporting my movement on Facebook, keeping the rings of power pure.